This is Pushing Against the Tide, my stage 4 metastatic cancer, body consciousness, its underlying cause. Chapter 11, my healing process. I've been healthy all my life with the exception of allergies and kidney stones, both of which, through thought, I received the communications body consciousness was trying to deliver. Remember, the body is not just a mindless vehicle that carries consciousness. It has its own consciousness that is intimately linked to our subjective awareness. As such, it is an exquisite communicator concerning what is going on in our minds that we have been unaware of. Some call it our subconscious. At age 55, I had a colonoscopy only to quiet the insistence of my wife and friends that I do so. I chose to do it rather than try to explain my reason not to, that even my wife would not understand at best or think it all a bunch of BS. The results were negative as I expected. The stakes were too high with stage 4 metastatic prostate cancer without my having 100% trust in my ability to heal without medical intervention. I knew there was a great strength in our mass beliefs in current medical science, and so I chose a combination of medical science and me working on my body consciousness and what it was trying to tell me. This was all transpiring in late September of 2020. You may rightly wonder how my PSA, the marker for prostate cancer, could go so high without my knowing it. Physicians are not accustomed to seeing a number so high. Many times they do biopsies with numbers as low as four how it was discovered and unfolded like this. I've been a lifelong distance runner and was quite good at it, starting at age 14 and ending at age 72. I put in 180,000 miles. I had some typical running injuries such as a hairline fracture of my foot after a marathon, two meniscus tears in my 60s that I had surgically repaired, and numerous groin pulls, low back issues, and some periodic hip issues. It was the hip issues that eventually kept me from running and finally from walking without pain. My medical visits were all with orthopedic surgeons. As much as I thought I knew about consciousness and the part the body played in it, through habit, I failed to question what it was trying to tell me. I went straight to the medical model and assumed all my issues were related to age and all the pounding I gave my legs and hips over the years. I was, after all, 75 years old. At 75, I still felt physically fit enough to run were it not for the pain but what I assumed to be long-term running injuries kept me from it. So, in July of 2020, I scheduled an appointment with an orthopedic surgeon who couldn't get me in until middle August. His regular X-ray and physical exam showed 
that the issue was not my hips and scheduled me for an MRI and another two to three week delay. I was working for an ENT medical group and so was able to see the test results and imaging as soon as it came online. It was not good news and my return visit with my orthopedic surgeon wasn't for another month. When I showed my MRI results to one of the office docs, I could see the concern in her eyes. This is not good, Bill. She confirmed what I already knew. What looked like bright stars seemed to be shining everywhere in my hips and pelvis, and that was just the hip area it looked at in the scan. Through all of this, I was not concerned. My family, however, was aghast. The orthopedic surgeon called the next day. He wanted to see me the day after that. It was a short visit. Quote, you have stage 4 metastatic prostate cancer. I can do nothing for you. You need to see an oncologist. End quote. Boom. That was it. It would be another three weeks before they could fit me in onto the schedule and then another month before I could start treatment. A prostate exam, then a biopsy, then an MRI with contrast, then a PET scan, and then a wait for all the results were necessary for the oncologist to determine a course of action. You might think that my first reaction after learning of my diagnosis would be shock, concern, and worry. No, it was what the hell did I miss in my life that was so severe that I had to create such a serious cancer and why did my body wait 75 years to get my attention about it? It wasn't why me, it was what in the world had I missed, and why now? I reminded myself about the River Reed and the River Stone. The River Reed flourishes with the ebb and flow of the river, while the River Stone is whittled down to a grain of sand. I would not push against. I would weave and bob. I did not see my cancer as an attack, but rather as a serious communication I had missed along the way and that I had no memory of. I long ago overcame my fear of being judged as a lunatic with the publication of my book, The Blueprint of Reality. I had been walking the walk of my outside-the-box thinking since my metamorphosis began over 40 years ago. Being unafraid and unashamed of my condition, I shared my diagnosis on Facebook. I received great support and many messages, one of which came from a fellow follower of the Elias Transcripts, who informed me that Scotty Brampton mentioned me in an, an Elias session long before I announced it publicly and that I should contact him. I also let go of the belief that coincidences held no meaning or information. And this, for lack of a better word, was certainly a coincidence. 
I knew of Scotty through the Elias groups, and over the years we had crossed physical paths at various Elias group sessions in Brattleboro, Vermont. I looked up what he and Elias had to say in the session my friend had suggested. I should mention again that this session took place before anyone except family and close friends knew about my cancer. Scotty asked Elias. I became aware that Bill Marshall, an old Elias follower of yours, has terminal cancer, and somehow he is in my mind, and I asked myself whether he would be open to an action of assuming the cancer energy for him and my quickly expelling it for him. What is your assessment, and is it likely that this would alter his state in a beneficial way. As far as I have accessed his energy, I would say that he is actually not really ready <coughs> to move into disengagement or death. So what is your assessment about that? Elias responds, I agree that he is not ready to disengage or die. And what I would say to you in relation to the rest is, I would say that that might be helpful eventually, but I would suggest that you wait for him to initiate. Scotty says, but I guess he has no idea that I actually have the ability to be engaging him in this way. Isn't it so? Elias responds, I would say that isn't necessarily entirely true, and that he likely will become more aware in time. Scotty says, that's good. And why is he in my mind? Is there any connection? Or is it simply that I received that he thinks it could be beneficial? Elias says, I would say that there are two factors. One is that which you have expressed, and the other is that you engage a counterpart action with this individual. Therefore, that is understandable that you would be objectively aware if something such as that were occurring. That's the end of that uh, section right there. So, Scotty lives in Germany, and you might ask, how could he possibly know and what is a counterpart? Everything is con connected, and Scotty, being an incredibly powerful energy worker, as I discovered, would have no trouble at all connecting with my energy. But why, out of nearly 7 billion people, would I be in his mind? That is where counterpart action that Elias spoke of comes into play. We are all essence draped in physical clothing. As such, we are huge, our en energy is boundless, and we are all connected in the totality of consciousness. Understanding this, counterpart action can be likened to old friends, though apart for many years and separated by continents, remain in touch. In this case, it is at the essence level. I quickly contacted Scott, Scotty and he agreed to his 
help after a, having a brief online chat. He would use his energy for an exploration of my energy regarding the cause of my cancer. Here is what he found as he writes about it in his recently released book, The Nature of Trauma. Quote, after Bill asked for my help, I delved into his energy and evaluated what the real reason was for generating his cancer. What I saw surprised me, and I was very reluctant to speak with Bill about it. Instead of offering what I saw, I engaged some audio chats and asked him whether he had listened to some of the first trauma sessions that I had shared in the Elias Facebook group. He had not, and he said that this topic did not really interest him because he thought that he had had no trauma. Since he had no traumatic memories, and his, in his assessment, there had been no sign of any trauma in his life. A bit reluctantly, however, he started slowly to listen and to read the trauma sessions. He was able with a little help from my side, to reveal more and more influences that he had not seen before and that he thought were normal behavior. After opening his own can of worms, he used his imagination to point to the first hidden trauma and was able to identify the bare bones of what had happened to him when he was around seven years old. The Elias trauma sessions, Bill's own imagination, and a little help from me allowed him to unearth some of the many influences that stemmed from that trauma. He was then able to connect to the perpetrator side of being a victim. This is a very difficult part of realizing that one has experienced trauma in the past. As a victim, most likely many people will feel compassion for you, but being a perpetrator is a completely different story. End quote. This is uh, me writing now. Of course, I wouldn't be interested in trauma or abuse as I had no recollection of being traumatized or abused, and certainly not a perpetrator. Sure, I got spanked as a child. Sure, I was made fun of because of my small size. Sure, I thought of having sex as an adolescent. Sure, I went to Vietnam but was not in combat. All I did over there was jointly be responsible for a year's worth of B-52 bomber drops on our enemy. Sure, I occasionally lost my temper with my kids. It was all normal in my mind, and at the time of my diagnosis, I was in a pretty good mental state. So why should I be interested in Elias' information about these issues? I was so wrong, and so are most of us, as I eventually discovered through my subsequent interactions with Scotty and a thorough reading of his book that he shared with me digitally before being published. Thus began my journey of exploration, not only of my locked and therefore hidden trauma, but of the incidences of abuse to me and by me through the entirety of my life. 
It became clear to me that my body consciousness was aware that my awareness was now great enough to withstand this unearthing without shattering my personality. But it would take a major crisis to get me moving. Cancer was just the ticket. The why now was solved and the work began. End chapter 11.